Good evening, morning, afternoon, wherever you are, as you listen to all over the place, exercises in E Pluribus Unum. I am one of your hosts this evening, Eric Provosnik. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Mr. Jim will be joining us a little bit later, and we're uh, we're going off the grid tonight. We're putting the name of the show to the test. We are all over the place tonight as we had to, our, our scheduled guests, unfortunately, had to reschedule, and we're just going to be going off on anything and everything. So come on aboard, and in the immortal words of Bob and Doug McKenzie, Well, I guess technically that would just be Bob McKenzie. Doug, Doug's in the room with him the, the, when that, that was uh, recorded way back when in, uh, in the 80s. Good old Bob and Dougie. And you indeed are our guests tonight. So uh, here we are. And uh, gosh, we're, we're in week three. And uh, thanks, everybody, for, uh, for checking it out, checking out all over the place. And oh, I do believe I heard a co-host come in. Oh, wait, hang on a second. No. Oh, he's on. Where are you, Jim? Are you here? Oh, there we go. Oh, there we It's me. If you listen to Radio Free 3 Donia, you knew the technology was never my friend. As I invite in, you know, I, I get the co-host involved. And and Jim Jim should be here. I, I apologize to everybody, especially to Jim. Where is he? Jim, are you there? Are you my guest? Our guest? Dead Air, a DJ slash host, least favorite friend. My apologies, everybody. Here we go all over again on all over the place. Exercises in E. Floribusunum, AOTP for short. So, yeah. Crazy week, crazy weekend, but in a good way out here in the desert. I, I never ceases to amaze me here in, in Arizona with, you know, it's the old Dennis Leary, uh, why, you know, walk around in the summertime saying, how about this heat? Yes, it's Arizona. It's July. We live here. We know this. Although I guess there were some people coming in from out of state where it's a little less hot where they're from in Colorado or even New Mexico. So <clears throat> hang on one second here, folks, as I, I get uh, Mr. Jim on the line involved here. No more dead air. Actually, you know what? Let me let me switch over here, and we'll play play something new in the meantime until we figure out what's going on with Jim. What's what's going on here in the music world as we kick into July, the second half of the year? Oh, what's going on? Everyone heard that noise, right? Hmm. Hmm. Jim's not letting him join. Huh. Yep, I'm gonna put on some music while I figure this out with Jim, and uh, we'll uh, we'll get things figured out. This is the latest from the Cult new album coming later this year. I'm excited about this. Hopefully, Cult fans are excited about it. They just keep putting out some good, some damn good tunes. This is called "Give Me Mercy" by the Cult.
the cult. Oh, hey, oh, no, 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 Howard Jones just yet. Jim and I still trying to figure this thing out. Oh, the test run worked the other day with our fan, Marty, Martin Zamora. And I want to thank Marty for being a fan of uh, our, our our little show here, here at All Over the Place. And there, we got a couple other fans as well. And uh, the it's weird, like a bunch of jumbles of uh, email addresses. So I'm not sure if those are bots or not. But hey, we have at least one real fan that I know of. So that that's, that's a plus. Thank you, everybody, for listening and checking us out here at All Over the Place. As we continue to rebuild, rise from the ashes, from good old Radio Free Thredonia. And, uh, yeah, just, uh, oh, I, I know, that didn't work out. Oh my goodness. Um, so, uh, yeah, well, again, I want to thank everyone who's been on the show so far, Nick Searcy, uh, in episode one. And, uh, also last week we had Dan McClinton and Ken Christensen from the longest month and hopefully you check that out. And I know that we're, uh, we're going to actually get some traction. I'm excited that, you know, we may be, uh, as mentioned on the show last week, when I brought it up with Dan and Ken, that we uh, passed the note along, passed the uh, information, the the link to uh, the the uh, the broadcast of the show, the the streaming of uh, the longest month. And looks like uh, we may have a screening here at the Majestic Movie Theaters Cinema Grill here in the Phoenix area. So uh, fingers crossed on that one, and we can get uh, that out for the veterans out here in the Valley of the Sun. And, uh, yeah, so that, that's one of the things I'm excited that we're, we're able to get people on and, and promote their projects. And if you are listening to us and you have a project, no matter how big or small, in the middle, we love to get the word out for you. That's all part of our mission statement here and if you haven't checked that out on the Podbean website, it, it, it all comes down to unity. And, you know, the, the rift that's been happening in this country for the last 5, 10, 15, 20 years, it's just, uh, I was reminded in watching the, the Elvis movie from uh, Boz Lerman, and, and whether or not it's a true quote from Elvis Presley, I don't know. Uh, I've been too lazy to look it up, but but the, in the movie it was uh, Elvis. Uh, the the uh, one of the lines was, you know, uh, God gave us music to bring bring us together. And sorry for the stumble there, <laughs> Jim's messaging it again. But uh, El, El, uh, God gave us music to bring us together, and and that made me think about Martin Luther King, his death back in 1968. Of course, a little bit before I was born, but uh, James Brown was set to play a concert in 19, uh, you know, out in Boston. And the mayor, it was going to be broadcast, ABC, Coast to Coast, live concert from James Brown. And it was scheduled, you know, uh, before the, the unfortunate uh, shooting of Dr. King. And James the, the, was asked by the mayor not to play it. And James like, no, this is a chance for, you know, a healing to happen. And went on with it. Uh, they, they, they did the show. And if you've seen the movie Get On Up, it was portrayed in there. And I thought that I'm glad they included it. And it did help heal a nation. And I'm, I'm no James Brown. God, I wish. Uh, <laughs> uh, and you know, there's a little old show. We, we want to, we're the little engine that hopefully can. And we, we want to bring people together. And again, you've got a project, big, small, in the middle, whatever you've got. We, we, come on, whatever your walk in life is, left, right, middle, whatever it is. And uh, we, we want to help you out. That was our that was our mission at uh, Radio Free Three Donia. I want to continue that here at all over the place. 
And I, I'd like, I'd also like right now for Jim to be able to, to uh, come into the show. And I, I wish I knew why he can't. So, ah, boy, if anyone's listening, if anyone is a Podbean <laughs> expert on this, it worked the other day with Marty Zamora. We had this working out. Uh, Oh, man. So, uh, hey, you know what? I'm going to play some more music as, as we continue to figure this, this out. And let's see. What sounds good so far from... Oh, here we go. A favorite of mine. Just got tickets to see them live. Even uh, up in Flagstaff. Even more excited that Jay Jackson, a uh, little independent artist out of, uh, out of California... Uh, out there on the left coast and she's going to be opening opening for them she's uh, uh be playing acoustic for the headliners collective soul fan favorite of mine for years and we're gonna be talking about them later in the show hopefully with jim because i oh the, the idea i have for this so anyway here's the latest from collective soul and this is called all our pieces from the upcoming album which i wish i remember the name <laughs> I'm not the DJ I used to be, folks, but here's some great music from Collective Soul.
all our pieces collective soul from their upcoming album coming out next uh beginning of august i'm seeing them at the end of august and don't forget jay jackson will also be playing with them very excited for that and uh word's been put out to her to come on the show and uh hopefully hear back from her on that one and uh as you can tell it's still just me no jim yet uh <laughs> I keep trying uh boy it's uh well one of the things that i i, I playing collective soul is uh one of they i've been a, a fan of theirs since you know uh, they came out in the 90s and uh by my post-college years to date myself and uh what i wanted to talk with jim about and i'm, I'm putting it out there for you guys as well and uh, if you want to like uh, jump into our chat room here at in in the live stream uh the topic I wanted to go off on and then discuss were 90s bands and you know not necessarily rank them but you know just uh, discuss the bands that came out in, in uh, that decade and uh, just uh, throwing some out there like uh, Collective Souls one of my favorites Stone Temple Pilots Pearl Jam Faith No More especially Faith No More but I kick with them lately and uh, Counting Crows Dave Matthews Band Black Crows Soundgarden Allison Chains and you know I I, I sh- I, th- I want to throw the Red Hot Chili Peppers into the mix. I know they were technically a band that started in the 80s, but they really, you know, got the, hit the mainstream popularity-wise in, in the 90s, although they, they had a, uh, some would call it a brief misstep with One Hot Minute. I like the album when, you know, when they uh, uh, changed guitarist, John Frusciante was out, and, and of course, I blank on the guy's name who came in from, from uh, Jane's Addiction. I'm not the DJ I used to be, folks, and uh, but the Chili Peppers, I'll include them. And I'm including bands, too, not just uh, individual acts, like whether it's Liz Fair, getting her start in the 90s, Sheryl Crow, Paul Westerberg going solo from The Replacements, uh, the band Sugar, I uh, lo- love them for the, their uh, brief couple of albums, and you know Bob Mould, his solo stuff, and uh, Alanis Morissette, of course, uh, you know peaking big and uh, getting, uh, getting off the ground solo-wise in the 90s. So, uh, any ideas you've got there? Any bands you've got? You know, uh, just come on board with that. And uh, in the meantime, we're, I'm just going to uh, pretend I'm a DJ again. And uh, God knows I, I used to be better at this. <laughs> and so uh, let, me, let me just do a quick little search here. And I'm, I'm going to throw some Jay Jackson at you. See what you think of the lady who will be opening for Collective Soul. She actually, she's already opening for, for Collective Soul. Their tour has started. will be winding its way to my, uh, my neck of the woods or fairly close in the coming weeks and this is jay jackson with the song bottle it up
Jade Jackson, whether she likes it or not, here on All Over the Place. And uh, Jade, Jade, I actually uh, discovered through, uh, no, no, during, you know, when the lockdown and all that was happening. And we'll get into, that's a topic we'll discuss at another time. Uh, as we get more musicians on the show and get their reactions with things. But uh, Jade was on a bill. Uh, she was an opener for the band Lucero, another band I've discovered in the last few years that just uh, good alt country, for lack of a better word, or uh, what, what, what do some people say? Lucero is the band who, if the replacements were from Memphis, Tennessee, that that's what they sound like. So then that's being a huge replacements fan. I always like that about Lucero and that Lucero had uh, their, a virtual concert. They were just playing at their space in Tennessee. And this was a couple of years ago and Jade was on the bill with them and just been digging her tunes ever since. And uh, so let, let's play some Lucero. Uh, we're going to play connect the dots on this one. And uh, here, here they are from their, I don't know if this is the latest album anymore, but uh, this is from, the album When You Found Me and Lucero here on All Over the Place. Testing. Everybody hear me?
hot damn do i love that band and pardon the language folks i i know i said damn uh so but that is lucero and uh, i'm so glad that they invited jay jackson to be on their virtual concert a couple of years ago now she's on the road with collective soul another favorite band of mine i can't wait uh until until that gate or she's i can't hardly wait there i i, I gotta do a replacement shop there but in the meantime you know who else i love i love jim culver who I believe is now in the studio with us, or the virtual studio. Jim, are you there? I'm here. Can you hear me? Uh, jack up the volume a little bit. You're 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 very faint right now. Uh, it's actually at, at max, believe it or not. Uh, maybe this is the best I can do. Okay. Well, you know what? You're here. That's the important part. And so, if if the audio effects on this Podbean thing would work, I would do a little crowd. You know, the the and and the crowd went wild. <sighs> So that, that's the best I can do right there. So, Jim, welcome back aboard into our first live stream here on All Over the Place. And as you can see, folks, because I'm involved, there are technical difficulties. Once again, there were no technical difficulties when we did the test run on this, but this is life. It's me. These things happen. Thanks for bearing with, and thanks for, for, for listening. So, Jim, did you were you able to hear what I, I was proffering as a possible topic for tonight as we just go all over the place with things? As you were trying to, <laughs> trying to rejoin, yes. exactly. So, well, what, what, you know, cause uh, you know, you're, um, I'm probably being generous with you. You're a few years younger than I am. So, I mean, I was a, a child of the seventies, eighties. You're, you're an eighties to nineties guy. You graduated high school in the nineties, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. So I mean, uh, what else? Uh, bands who got, who, who kind of like broke it big in the nineties. And I, I included the Chili Peppers, even though they're a band who were big in the '80s or started in the '80s, but they, they kind of you know the popularity. And Dave Navarro was the guy. I didn't cheat, folks. I did just hit, the less I think about it. Dave Navarro joined them in the '90s as they were getting more popular, and just took that quick back step with the One Hot Minute album before John Frusciante came back. Uh, but I threw out Collective Soul, Stone Temple Pilots, Pearl Jam, Faith No More, especially Faith No More. I think they do not get the recognition that they deserve. Uh, Counting Crows, Dave Matthews Band, Black Crows, Soundgarden, of course, Allison Chains, the whole uh, Seattle thing, and Nirvana as well. Yep. And, you know, what were, you know, th that's from a guy who just graduated college perspective. And, and, and I, I didn't include, you know, whether it was like Cheryl, this is bands. So, like Cheryl Crow, Alanis Morissette, Liz Fair, Paul Westerberg going solo, and, you know, Bob Mould breaking off from sugar and of course from who's screwed in the 80s so i mean what, what were the bands that you were listening to what uh, who, who made the biggest mark on you well i mean uh you know, the, you know obviously the grunge revolution hit right around the time i got into high school and, and um you know it's uh pretty it was pretty hard to avoid them back then they were, they were pretty much all over the place but um i was never as into them as the folks were i enjoyed them but um you know i just i just you know Kid of the '80s, I, I really lean more toward uh, pop or punk. I guess uh, uh, probably. Oh, Green Day! How can I forget to say pop yeah. meets punk with Green Day? Exactly. More of the more of the punk bands like Green Day, uh, Blink One Eighty Two, uh, those kind of bands were probably my number ones back in the '90s. Um, and then, of course, you had some some, some bands that worked a little bit of funk on that, like Third Eye Blind. Mm -hmm. How could I? How could I forget? No doubt. Exactly. Yeah, no doubt. Mighty Mighty Boston's all them. So you know, it kind of felt like you know, grunge was doing its own thing throughout the whole decade. But you had all these bands that were kind of using pop rock as a, as kind of the jumping off point and mm -hmm. doing all 
these different things where you had, you had kind of like a pop punk band, uh, revolution, you had, you had uh, ska, you had, you had obviously industrial. Um, oh my, I'm kicking myself about nine inch nails and, and, and ministry even to a, to a lesser degree. And, and that's one thing that, you know, as a, a disc jockey, uh, very ever so briefly, but, you know, but someone who grew up with, uh, thanks to my mom and dad, uh, a, uh, a jukebox mentality where I was listening to, and, and this is like, I've been all over the place in eclectic music listening wise since, since I could walk and talk. And uh, for me, I, I just watch uh, with that splintering, and, and this is with the rise of you know like the, the the big music conglomerates taking over. But for me, the, the peak years uh, of of eclecticism on the radio were eighty four, maybe to a lesser degree, well, it started to dwindle as the decade went on. But eighty four, eighty five was you know, the last time where you could turn on the radio and listen to Brian Adams, uh, Tina Turner, uh, Ray Parker Jr., uh, you know Stevie Wonder, uh, Van Halen. Bruce Springsteen, Prince, and you weren't changing the channel. Oh, absolutely. And but then, as the de- the decade wears on, and Clear Channel comes in more so in the '90s, and what when you know when you're listening to all this stuff, those bands you wouldn't find all on the same station. Right. You, it was it was just catering to a very specific set, and and to be able to go all over the place, unless you just had an open mind about things. You, you were kind of limited with what you're, and, and then of course hip hop was making uh, its inroads thanks to MTV, and and the the urban stations playing more more actually taking a chance on rap in the nineties. Yeah, I mean early nineties certainly. Uh, rap, I mean you you would say that would be when you really went mainstream. Right. Borrowing a line from third base, hip-hop turned into hit-pop. And then they got to Cali and and they hooped it. Sure. They were they were still going strong in the night. I mean, most would say they were past their prime. Certainly, the way I looked at it was uniforms would indicate that. But you know, uh, and they were still rocking out hard. Obviously, they still are. But you know, um, I, I would certainly wouldn't say that we could claim that as our our generation's music. You know? mm-hmm.
bands that really got into our generation was Headstones. We didn't feel like, you know, we had to just be be attached to our generation to lose it. Right. People jumped into the older generation stuff and loved it. So, uh, you know, and certainly you could see a lot of connective tissue between those bands. And, you know, on, on that note, I, I'm uh, reminded by uh, the, the kids that I work with <laughs> and, uh, uh, they, they, they bust my chops as the old guy, and I quickly remind them, hey, hey, you know, as, as the Facebook meme says, yeah, I'm old, but I got to hear all the cool bands right. when they were out the first time, you know, not, not on some nostalgia channel or whatever. But, uh, but then it got me thinking, you know, I, I, I was born in 1970. That's only 15 years after rock and roll was born right. in, in, in a popular sense. So I, I feel blessed that I've been able to see, you know, the ascendance and, and just the way the music has morphed. And I mean, rock, rock and roll ain't noise pollution, as as uh, the band you brought up earlier, ACDC, sang. And it's uh, and well, uh, the Texas Hippie Coalition, Texas Hippie Coalition, rock ain't dead; it's just in rehab. And everyone will it'll twist, it'll turn, but you know, you you can't kill rock and roll. And, and there's another band, and, and quickly switching gears on this, and we're and this is the beauty of all over the place. Wherever our minds go, we're just gonna we're, we're gonna flow with it. Pantera, which is a band that I didn't get into at the time, I, I learned about them in the early 2000s when I started managing and playing with these guys. Whose Dimebag Daryl was a huge influence on them, and so I went back and got into them. And of course, Dimebag Daryl, unfortunately, you know, killed on stage, and his brother uh, Vinnie Paul passed away a few years ago but now the band is going back out on the road next year they're going to be touring with charlie benante uh, the drummer from anthrax and uh, zach wild guitarist from black label society and has played with ozzy through the years and so you've just got two original members of the band they're going to be touring as pantera though and at what point do we say you're no longer the band and it just turns into you know pantera featuring or, or or you just say you know like uh rex brown and and phil anselmo of pantera because and, and for me i you know uh the bands who would come to toledo from time to time and play our parties in the park on a friday night uh in the summertime they would uh, it would be uh mark Lindsay of paul revere and the raiders john sebastian from love and spoonful so at what point do you just in your your opinion i mean what what, what would you say you just stop calling it the band and just flip it and say, these guys were in this band. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I mean, it's hard to say because I think, I think you really have to look at it on a case-by-case basis. Because you've got, you know, situations where the lead singer is really the heart and soul of the band, and then you've got other bands that are going to have to carry without them. You know? So it really depends. I mean, uh, you know, ACDC moved on without Bon Scott. Right. Rest in peace, Bond. We just celebrated his birthday a few days ago. Rest in peace. Or rock in peace, as their song once said. Right. Well, but see, I think in Pantera, and look, I, I'm, 
I'm far from a hardcore Pantera guy. I do really, once I discovered them, wow, blew my mind. Cowboys from Hell is an amazing debut album. Well, technically not their debut, but their debut of their new, more metal and less of a, a glam metal sound. They, they just went total, you know, uh, took the thrash genre and, and ran with it in, in their own direction, like making a Texas, Texas thrash. And to me, the, the heart and soul of that band was Dimebag Daryl. And I think most fans would agree with that. And, you know, they especially get pissy with Phil Anselmo. I, I got no dog in the hunt. If they want to go out and play, and I'm, you know, like uh, Zach Wild, huge, you know, fan of the band, was friends with Dimebag, uh, was friends with Vin, was friends with the band. And so I think he's going to be carrying the torch well. And, you know, Charlie Benante is just a badass drummer with, with Anthrax. And so I, I, to me, if the surviving members want to invite these guys along. And I think the fans have enough of a respect for Charlie and Zach. Why not? But then, then you know, Fleetwood Mac going on with Well, Fleetwood Mac had to replace Lindsey Buckingham with two guitars, but you still have the, the rest of the band who, who made them popular. Chad Smith, badass Detroit boy, absolutely. So, some might argue they, they would be better served with a different vocalist. I, I, I like Ketis. I've got nothing for or against him. I, I think you know I, I've dug most of their music through the years. I don't like how they've settled into the formulaic stuff, especially with Frashante, who's an amazing player, but everything to me has sounded like, by the way, Mark II, Mark III. It's just a, a recycling of that sound again and again. And, and how many more cities can uh, Ketis come up with in, in his rhyming patterns? Right. Think of Red Chili Peppers. You don't you don't think of Anthony Kiedis. Maybe you think of the band as a whole. You think of musicality. You think of all that stuff. But you know, he's not. He doesn't make or break that band. Sure. Whereas you know, obviously Tom Petty makes or break make makes or breaks Tom Petty and Heartbreak. So you know, it just it just depends on how much of a pillar that. And, and that reminds me that, you know, the, 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 the rumors spreading of a Van Halen tribute show or tour or whatever, how do you replace Eddie Van Halen? It's going to take five, six, a thousand guitarists to, you know, just pay tribute to that man. Who can hate Eddie Van Halen? I, I, I you know, I, I don't like to resort to violence, but if you hate Eddie Van Halen, I will punch you. 
it, it'll be a gut shot. So you know, I don't want to. I don't want to damage anything. But you know, I won't. I won't hit, I won't hit you in the face. But come on, it's Eddie Van Halen. Eddie Van Halen haters. You got a point. Well, actually, I'm envisioning a bunch of uh, guitarists standing in the in the back of the room, back back on on the Sunset Strip, or even even you know in in recent years, they stand back there. And someone's up there doing their solo. They all look at their arms crossed, and you know, I could do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you could be Eddie Van Halen. Sure, you could. Okay. Whatever. Indeed, indeed, and uh, you know, um, also you know, uh, J- Jim is a, a resident expert on, on on the movies in the in in, uh, in the cultural grind things, and I haven't checked yet, and I, I forgot to do this earlier. I suppose I could have been doing this while I'm babbling. I m- tried to multitask, but this is technology, folks. I'd probably drop something, and, and, and Jim would be cut off again. But did you happen to uh, get the numbers, Jim, for week two of Thor, and how much it may have dropped? I, I, I mean that that's I, I guess we should compare it to the, the juggernaut of of the year and the juggernaut of, of of the century maybe Top Gun Maverick. How much did that drop off in week two? Uh, that I don't know, but I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you know that's I was planning to bring that up because that that contrast between what these woke movies are doing versus what Top Gun is doing is just unbelievable. It's now made it it, it is now beaten. So it's trailing only Avatar at this point, right? Right. So it's yeah, it's made one point two billion dollars worldwide, and it's still in theaters. I mean, that's absolutely amazing for for this movie. I mean, for a movie that has no uh, superheroes, it's actually it actually doesn't have a lot of special effects. Most of its effects are more practical. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it doesn't have other than having Tom Cruise, obviously, who's a huge boom, uh, it really doesn't have a lot of the elements that make it huge to the blockbuster. And it is just absolutely And how much would you chalk that up to, you know, whether it's a, a case of nostalgia for people, you know, our age who lived and saw the first one in the theaters, and along with, you know, just the malaise that's been going on in this country, especially after, you know, the pandemic stuff, and, uh, Wait, I, oh my God, I called it by saying the scamdemic and uh, the, the lockdowns and everything. Just something that we need as a release to just, hey, we or America, we can still kick ass. I mean, and just, uh, it's a variety of factors, but what, anything else that you could think that is making this movie have the legs that it's got? I think it's a perfect storm of a lot of those, those elements. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, but obviously there's a nostalgia factor, but honestly, uh, a lot of nostalgia movies have not done very well. Ghostbusters 2016 had so was trying to play that nostalgia game and people didn't like it. Obviously, it was terrible. Um, <laughs> and I mean, honestly, the original Top Gun is seen by a lot of a lot of folks as dated, and I will I will defend it to my dying breath. But I, I absolutely love that movie. But, you know, a lot of folks see it as kind of eighties cheese, kind of kind of certain kind of shallow, uh, and so it's not necessarily looked upon as a, as a classic. 
Well, yeah, I think you had to be of a certain age for it, and and I I liked it. I like. I mean, there's things tied to it that I, I'm not a you know I'm not a fan of certain people who in my friends of mine who who liked it, but but the new one, I, it's just a damn good movie. It's and like I said, for whether it's a perfect storm of things or whether it's just like Tom Cruise up there being Tom Cruise in, in his best movie star mode. Absolutely. And, uh, You'd think they get it, but they don't. It, it's it's so sad to watch. As someone who worked in the industry for you know, and I I was lower level guy. I'm not trying to puff out the chest at all, but I. 
being in there and, and, and now it's to have friends who have gotten or falling by the wayside, like I said, whether they're quitting as, as, as CGI people or whatever, they're moving on or it's, it's an industry I've known and loved and, and was reminded of that by, you know, once upon a time in uh, Hollywood, the, the Tarantino movie. And I, I, that's what I grew up with. I loved movies and that's why, you know, and whether it's a, a movie theater experience and, you know, like an Alamo draft house or, you know, th- things of that nature where it's, Movie, showing movies by, you know, people who love movies, showing you another person who loves movies, giving that experience to you. And yeah, it's, it's fewer and far between, but you know, hopefully the pendulum can swing back. And if someone will just pay attention to what's making money, but you know, as, as was brought up by Ken and Dan last week, whether it was a, uh, you know, uh, an American sniper or, you know, uh, 12 soldiers or things like that. Uh, things that make my Hollywood just wants to dig, dig its heels in and be stubborn and just keep putting out the woke stuff. I can't believe I actually saw some conservative friends who were who were kind of griping about this. Well, the books are so much better. I'm like, ugh, he's out there doing what we need to be done. They're just like, can we just support it? I mean, be constructively critical. Don't get me wrong. You don't want to just like that, which is I think the problem with with uh, the the right is is that you know they'll those they they say they love it for the sake of loving it, but it's you know make sure it's a good product. Can we do that so we don't don't look the fools? But yeah, I've heard nothing but good. Well, I should say resoundingly awesome stuff about terminal list. So it's, it's, it's been sitting on my list long enough. I will, I will get to this week. Right. Now, what, what did you think of Jack Reacher? Did you watch that on Prime? I did. It was really good. Yeah, I thought, well, very well done. And, and no slight to Cruise. Well, I think the, the, the Jack Reacher movies, I thought, were, were done quite well. And I don't know the source material, but I, I have heard, you know, oh, Jack Reacher's this really big, imposing guy, and Tom Cruise is not that. So I think Tom, the movies did as good a job as you're going to get. 
based mainly on Tom Cruise's charisma and just his movie star factor. But the, the it's nothing compared to what you know Amazon Prime had on on their their series. That guy was amazing. And, yeah, well, there's just so much of uh, of a glut of, of avenues for people now, and you know the the renaissance of, of television being you know the place for people to go as an alternative to a, uh, a cinematic world on the big screen that that has been lacking. Well, I've heard it said recently that the Marvel movies have gone to hell since Stan Lee passed away. And the cinema, cinema world, and thank God they're able to do it on TV with, with Justified. But you know, the world's been a, a, a lacking place since Elmore Leonard died. In terms of giving us source material. Yeah, give us give us Morbius, give us the Eternals, give us a very very lacking Thor, Love and Thunder. Now, what, which did you see? By the way, have you seen Thor yet? <laughs> yeah, thank God I see a lot of these things for free. So otherwise, I wouldn't be paying. Well, heck, I was watching Doctor Strange for free, and I walked out. And I, 
And ironically, it was shortly after the appearance of, spoiler alert, it's been long enough, but when Professor X popped in, I'm like, oh, we're finally going to bring the X-Men into the, oh, that was not done well. And, and Mr. Provoznik exits stage right. And I, I don't say that to, to cop somebody's old, old tagline. I did leave the theater stage right. So, yes, I was being quite literal there. Well, therein lies the rub because the, the, the phases aren't what they used to be. And, it's, and we had Thanos as the end of the whatever phase one, two, three. Now it's just each movie trying to outwoke the next one. And to be honest, about probably the best thing about Thor: Love and Thunder was the tease they did at the end to the uh, a potential, you know, a, a head-to-head matchup between Thor and another of the gods. But none of people have seen it yet, so I don't want to spoil it for anybody. save uh, 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 most of this for when uh, I'm definitely going to be reaching out to Bosch Faustin to come and join us here on all over the place. But, you know, just, I love what he's got. He just keeps hammering the point home with Ms. Marvel and just this, this comic, it's been canceled. What? Three times now. 
We're on the verge of being canceled three times. Oh, at least, yeah. Yet. Yeah, and it only works. The effect only works because they're rolling her in with Captain Marvel. You know, so there's, and that's what they're doing with the movie. Is it's not just Captain Marvel because everyone hates the character, but it's the Marvel. So it's going to be like a whole team of them. Now, so is Captain Marvel now Monica Rambeau? Because that's the impression I got from watching Doctor Strange, and because I I don't have. Disney Plus, so I can't keep up with everything. Another reason why I had no problem walking out because I'm just so confused with, wait, he's dead. Well, no, because it's multiverse, he can't be dead. And uh, wait, huh? So is is Captain Marvel still uh, as portrayed by Brie Larson, or is it the character as Monica Rambeau from the comic books? Uh, so Monica Rambeau was the, original, or was the by oh, No, that was the other way around. Yeah, this is when I was still reading the event. This is like early early eighties when I was still uh, reading the Avengers, and because Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel was originally a guy, and that was one of the first. If I'm remembering this correctly, that was one of the first graphic novels that Marvel waded into the waters, and it sold really well. But he died. I think it was either the I can't remember if it was Skrull or Kree, but he was involved in that war, and so he he died, and then. Carol Danvers uh, became Captain Marvel. I, and I don't know the backstory as much on that one, but I know she battled, she got into a fight with Rogue when Rogue was still a villain. She was in the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Oh, God. <laughs> Eric's getting geeky now, X-Men talk. Uh, so, uh, but Rogue stole her, she, she held on to her too long, stole her power, stole her memories, everything. And Carol had to go back and just have things spoon-fed to her and then Rogue had a problem. Uh, she was just had it was a multiple multiple personality disorder kind of uh, phenomenon going on with her. So she went to Professor X and just said, "I need help." Right. And she and she got reluctantly accepted into the X Men. Right. And then Carol came back, and Carol at this point had become binary because well because of her unique structure uh, when the uh, the Brood. Oh God! Here I am getting geeky. The brood captured her, and they they liked her structure, so they made her into binary. This really uh, all everything that uh, Captain Marvel had his powers amplified to the nth degree. And Carol comes back and sees that the X Men have accepted Rogue in, and she just went ballistic, broke her ties with the X Men. So, and the, but that, that was still the Captain Marvel name. But then Monica Rambeau somehow acquired the powers. If I'm remembering right, she was a, a New Orleans cop, something like that. But she was, I think she was New Orleans based, but she acquired the powers and then she became an Avenger. No more. And, and, and there ends Eric's geeky uh, comic book talk from his, uh, his years in elementary and middle school. That would be the perfect crossover as far as I'm concerned, bringing bring the X-Men into the universe and then having them meet up with uh, Captain Marvel, the Brie Larson version. Okay. She's on deck to be the next Captain Marvel. And, and then Miss Marvel is 
kind of like a intern for mm. basically. I mean, she's she, right now they're just showing her as like a fangirl. Uh huh. That's where they go with it in the comics, is she basically starts following Captain Marvel around with a puppy and, and just doing whatever she wants. And uh, it actually goes to some pretty, pretty weird other places that I can't even detail on in the comics. But, uh, but yeah, basically that's the idea that there's going to be a team of you know, Captain Marvels, you know, they have a team of protecting each other's privilege. And that's, I think that's another fundamental problem of Phase 4, is that it feels like every movie is a team movie. There's hardly any real individual stories. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like a team. It feels like, you know, occasionally you have, you know, Shang-Chi, but even then, he basically spends half the movie sitting back around what other people do. So, you don't really feel this development of these individual heroes like you did in the, in the first couple phases. You know, and then... Save the team ups for later. Now it's like, oh, you have, oh, we have this new hero, but we're going to team up, team up with three other people that we that we already know, and it's going to be a team game. And you know, uh, yeah, Doctor Strange. I mean, uh, and it was, I actually enjoyed the Doctor Strange movie, but but man, the ending is just infuriating. Uh, you know, spoiler warning, but you know, he has this he has, he, near the end. He has this big build up to where he's going to take on finally take on Scarlet Witch. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and, and then you, and, and just when you think he's about to fight her, he just turns to, to uh, America Chavez, the teenage girl, and says, "Okay, you got this," and then, and then just basically walks away. And that was that was the entire what? <laughs> that was basically his entire character arc in the movie with his name on it, is to let the teenage girl hit. <laughs> I was just wanted to throw something at the screen. I was like, "This is his movie. Are you kidding me?" See, you could have walked out an hour before I did, Jim, and not have to have had to endure that. Exactly. So, you know, they but you pay you paid money for it, so you want to get your money's worth, I'm sure. So. Yeah, exactly. They have him up for his own movie, so he can he can give uh, a teenage girl a, uh, a victory speech and pump her up. And then, and then <laughs> just uh, you know, and that's that's the, again, it comes back to we can't just have a hero succeed, develop, and succeed on their own. They have, we have to have these team team up so that people will, you know, continue to, to have interest in this. That, that to me is like a sign of insecurity. They, they just don't trust their own character. Mm-hmm. Generation participation trophy strikes yet again. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone, everyone's an Avenger now. <laughs> and you get a superpower, and you get a superpower, and you get a superpower. Mm-hmm. Disney is really the one pushing a lot of this. And I think if Disney got their heads out of their posteriors, I think all, a lot of the other studios would fall in line. I mean, you know, we're seeing signs that they really aren't going on with Disney on this. Well, you'd think they'd be just looking at bottom lines. They they would they would say, eh, Disney, you, you may be making money, but you're not making as much money as you think you should. Mm-hmm. Which, if you haven't had the chance to see, uh, do you, if you've got Paramount Plus or just a way to see it, uh, 
South Park, the Streaming Wars, and Streaming Wars Part 2. Genius takedowns of it, just as only Trey and Matt can do. Of course, they are, they are uh, originals, no question about it. No, no problem biting the hand that feeds them, and they're allowed to do it. Thank God. Oh, yeah. They, at this point, they don't even care. They're just going to say whatever they want to say. And, I mean, yeah, it's, it's amazing. There really, are, there really are not that many holdouts from the, the pre-woke era at this point that are still going strong. I would say Matt and Trey, uh, Mike Judge, Quentin Tarantino, and a few others that are really getting to, to basically still do what they want to do without anybody shutting them off. And I can't believe how much I like the Beavis and Butthead movie that Paramount Plus also has out. Yeah, that, that, that was a real, really pleasant surprise. It kind of came out of nowhere, at least for me, and uh, I didn't expect much, and it was uh, an absolute blast. It was hilarious. And Mike Judge, God bless him, just did not care about and I also had a, uh, finally had a chance to see Terror on the Prairie. Go, going back to uh, to our, our first guest on the on the uh, on the resuscitated show here with uh, all over the place. And I'm telling Nick that that movie in general just again it's, you, you make a good movie with a good story and a good villain and, and the antagonist and everything and you you've got a, it's the winning formula and. Maybe the pendulum swinging back. Maybe, maybe you know, you know, just watching. Just again, follow the money, which is what Hollywood used to be. Follow the money, but it's. Uh, I I do have a glimmer of hope, and and I, I I and on that, in that vein, I I would like to see, you know, Daily Wire put them into theaters. And I think it would make it would make money for them, outside of the model that they've got right now. Just at least get the name out there. I understand what they're doing. Don't necessarily agree with it all the way. But it, they're at least producing movies that are worth seeing, not just your standard conservative pound you over the head with the message and not have a story. Right. Yeah, I feel like they're they're two thirds of the way there. They've got they, they they know how to produce it, they know how to how to make it and cast it, but their but their distribution model just has to be nonsense. Uh, I think their actual first movie they made, Run High Fight, was actually HBO. It was oh, it was okay. Mm-hmm. Or subscribers, you know. Uh, so, which is fine. I understand. I certainly like you. I understand where they're coming from with that. But, uh, and I understand that, that it's very hard to get a movie distributed that's made uh, along certain lines these days. But it really is not going to reach a wide audience. It's not going to be a real Well, I, I noticed that our old friend from RF3D, Andrew Clavin, has got a new book series coming out. And I, there's some great source material. And Andrew's at Daily Wire. Hint, hint. As I jot a note down, talk to Andrew, see if he'll join us again. Oh, and on that, I, I, uh, I think, uh, I can't remember if I told you, but uh, Christian Toto will be in with us sometime soon. He, he wasn't able to join us tonight, unfortunately, but uh, he, he's excited about coming on and, and uh, re- rekindling the relationship with uh, our little show. And uh, we have, we even found a music topic we're going to talk and we're going to discuss uh, with uh, Christian when he's back on. So uh, 
yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And, you know, I'm, and I'm glad that we finally have you in. <laughs> We've got multiple people here. Well, uh, it's, it's, it's so good to be back. And, uh, Jim, thanks for being a part of this and, and uh, coming on board with us. And I'm sure we're an hour and 15 into this. I'm sure people have fallen asleep at some point. Not when you're talking, Jim, when I'm talking. So it's, uh, but, uh, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's so good to be back. But, uh, yeah. Well, you, well, you, you, jo you joined us from time to time, didn't you? Not on the old one, no. Really? I, God. Okay. I could have sworn you were with us for at least one of those episodes. Anyway. Well, well it's great to have you on board the team. So for, welcome to the team and uh, re-welcome. We're, we're three episodes deep. You're, you're, you're here. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, it's uh, I'm enjoying the ride so far. Again, I'm uh, you know, and I, it was I was reminded, and you know, someone pointed out uh, from our first episode, you look like you're having so much fun, Eric. I am. I'm glad to be back. And, and as I was saying, as we were trying to get you on, I'm not sure if you heard, uh, but just to reiterate, folks, if if you're, and I know you're still with us, get, uh, but this show was designed. To, uh, to spotlight people's projects from across the spectrum, and I don't care what your politics are, and it's uh, we're Americans, or we should be, and we should uh, set aside our, our differences, and I, I want to find the things that we have in common, because that's what America is, finding what you've got in common, and you know, this cultural, I, I saw that Gwen Stefani from No Doubt got, uh, was catching some hell this week for cultural appropriation because she was wearing uh, dreadlocks in her latest video and i'm like i and i i i don't think she's someone who's going to cave because because and i'm very proud of her too because she was uh with the roe v wade decision being overturned recently Gwen is a proud catholic and she is sticking to her guns on that so i can imagine she'd be sticking to her guns and saying you know cultural appropriation whatever this is america we're a melting pot and what what the world is not just america is taking the the best of what everyone brings to the table, regardless of your race, color, creed, nationality, ethnicity, whatever. And so, I mean, that's what that's what all over the place is about. And uh, I'm glad that Jim's on the team, bring bringing bringing what he brings to the table. And uh, it's uh, I'm just your little shepherd here, folks. I'm your humble shepherd, just uh, take getting getting the projects out there and as i mentioned christian toto is going to be joining us in the future uh our guest who's supposed to be with us tonight zach selwyn we're going to be rescheduling bringing him in to talk about his uh, latest show on access tv uh parking lot payday where he's going to be uh, he's showing off his flexing his musical muscles there are a few people in this world who i will bow to having more musical knowledge than i do and zach is one of them and so i'm very excited to have him back on the show and uh just we're, we're this a sprinkling of things. You have Dr. Graham Spanier uh, from uh, the former Penn State president. We're, we're in talks with him. Uh, like I mentioned earlier in the show, Jay Jackson, I've reached out to her. Uh, Howard Jones, who I recently saw, I've reached out to his team. Anthrax, I've reached out to those guys. And very excited to be seeing them in a couple of weeks with the guy I mentioned earlier uh, on board with the Pantera reunion, however you want to call that. Zach Wilde's Black Label Society opened up for Anthrax, kicking off their tour here in Phoenix in a couple of weeks that reached out to them. And you know, those are just some of the bigger names we've reached out to. But I, I want to bring on, you know, just you got a project, folks, like I said, big, small, in the middle, whatever it is, come on, uh, contact me. And that would be at seporvoznik. And yes, I will spell that, but seporvoznik at gmail.com, S-E-P-O-R-V-A-Z-N-I-K 
at gmail.com. And uh, we're here to help you out in, in our own little way as we, we regrow our audience from the old Radio Free Fredonia days. And uh, for now, you know, uh, uh, just thank you again for tuning in and listening to us. And uh, Jim, as always, thank, thank you for coming on and uh, dropping your words of wisdom on the people. And uh, we're going to kick it out with uh, with a song that started. Oh, thunder! Was that? We actually get it's monsoon season starting here, folks, and the, the thunder just cracked over here. And I'm not sure if you caught that or not. But we're going to go out with a little danger zone. Kenny Loggins. This one's going out to the danger pig himself, Dan McClintock. I called him McClintock. Dan McClinton. Oh my God, he's going to beat my ass, and I will deserve it. This danger zone. Going out to Dan, going out to all the fans of Top Gun. Jim, thanks again, and we'll, we'll be talking to you soon, folks, here on All Over the Place, Exercises in E Pluribus Unum.
guest. <laughs>